Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. RNZ Pacific News, Dalofakoi, I'm Selmanu Tevam Tafai. Tuvalu's new Prime Minister, Feliti Teo, has named his deputy, a former senior government official, Panapasi Nelisoni, as the Minister of Finance and Development. Pawson Panapa is the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Labour and Trade. Don Wiseman has more on the lineup. Dr. Maina Fakafua Talia has been named Minister for Home Affairs, Climate Change and Environment. The former Foreign Minister Simon Coffey is now Minister for Transport, Energy, Communication and Innovation. While the former Ombudsman, Saanga Talu Teafa, will lead the Ministry for Natural Resources Development. Tuafafa Latasi is Health and Social Welfare Minister, while Hamona Halona will have the Education and Human Resources Development portfolios. No women have been elected this time round. Poor Kenaborum was the only woman minister in the last government and was not re-elected. The director of an environmental charity in Rarotonga says the term mineral harvesting being used to describe deep sea mining is greenwashing. Cook Island's government last week approved allowing the term mineral harvesting to be used when referring to collection of nodules. Calvin Passfield, director of Te Ipukarea Society, says it's premature because nobody knows how damaging deep sea mining will be. It is mining. Why try and downgrade the impacts of it by calling it mineral harvesting? I mean, that's the obvious reasoning behind it. They don't think it's a very significant activity, but they haven't even finished doing the environmental impact work to know whether it's a significant activity and how significant that activity will be. Hotel workers in Canada are calling on Fiji Airways to stop putting up their flight crews in the Sheraton at Vancouver Airport. Hundreds of hotel workers, including some from Fiji, are protesting their pay. Since the workers, represented by Unite Here Local 40, launched their strike for living wages, airlines have withdrawn their business from the hotel complex. The Minister of Community Government in the autonomous Papua New Guinea region of Bougainville is putting pressure on mining giant Rio Tinto to rectify the negative effects of mining at the Panguna site in the centre of the main island. Over a billion tonnes of waste tailings were released directly into nearby rivers during the operation of the Panguna mine between 1972 and 1989, which residents say compromised water supplies and food crops. Rio Tinto is no longer the owner of the mine, but is being held responsible for the environmental and social damage caused. Following a formal complaint, Rio Tinto is now funding an independent environmental and human rights legacy impact assessment. But Theonila Rukamatbob says this is not enough. Real Tinto coming onto the roundtable, making some real concrete commitments, will only heal the people. And when it heals the people, it's a win-win situation for companies' reputation and my future generation as well. 
The Catholic Archbishop in Solomon Islands has issued a pastoral letter urging members of the church to vote wisely in the upcoming elections. The country is holding joint national and provincial election for the first time, with polling day set down for April 17th. The Solomon Stars reports that in his letter, Archbishop Chris Cardone urged voters to select candidates who demonstrate qualities of integrity, humility and commitment to serving the common good. Solomon Islands is predominantly Christian, with Catholicism being the second largest denomination after Anglicanism. Official campaigning began on Monday last week. In Aotearoa, New Zealand, the Māori Health Authority, Te Akafaiora, will be abolished at the end of June. Parliament yesterday passed legislation enabling the disestablishment through its third and final reading. It was supported by the three coalition parties, with Labour, the Greens and Te Pati Māori voting against it. During the final debate of the bill, Health Minister Shane Retzi acknowledged Māori have worse health outcomes and said that needed to change. When we focus on need, we very quickly find that it is Māori who have the greatest need in most areas of health. My dream for the health system isn't about bureaucratic structures and endless plans and reports. It's about identifying need and responding to it. The Māori Health Authority's roles and functions will soon be transferred to Te Whatawara Health NZ or New Zealand. Pharmac is restricting free flu shots after special funding that widened access to the vaccinations came to an end. Extra money in Pharmac's budget as part of the government's COVID response saw children up to 12 years and all Māori and Pacific people between 55 and 64 offered the vaccine for free. Pharmac says the vaccine will remain free to about 1 million people who are most vulnerable to becoming very sick if they get the flu. This includes everyone aged 65 and over, those with long-term conditions and pregnant women. The vaccine will be available from April the 2nd. Around 3,500 New Zealanders are celebrating their leap year birthday today, February the 29th. Christchurch teacher Sophie Lennon is turning 40. She says her cousin is also a so-called leapling, making the day even more special. Ms Lennon says she usually celebrates her birthday on February the 28th, but it's fun to mark it on the real day. Australian police officers will be allowed to march in a gay and lesbian Mardi Gras parade in Sydney on Saturday. Parade organisers originally asked the police not to take part following the arrest of an officer for the murder of a gay couple. The BBC's Simon Atkinson reports. New South Wales police said they were delighted their officers could now take part in Saturday's parade, as they have for the past 20 years. The forces commissioner said they'd agreed not to wear police uniforms in light of the current sensitivities. The alleged murders of Jesse Baird and Luke Davies, whose bodies were found on Tuesday, have shocked the community. Mr Baird's ex-partner, a senior constable with New South Wales Police, has been charged with double murder. Once a flashpoint of police violence against gay activists, the march has long been seen as a unifying event, and so the earlier decision to ban police entirely had a mixed reaction. In world news, the widow of the late Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has addressed the European Parliament in Strasbourg 
saying her husband was tortured for three years on President Putin's orders before he was murdered. Yulia Navaneya also said his body had been abused. Putin must answer for what he has done with my country. Putin must answer for what he has done to a neighboring peaceful country. And Putin must answer for everything he has done to Alexei. My husband will never see what the beautiful Russia of the future will look like. But we must see it. Alexei Navani will be buried at a cemetery in Moscow on Friday. In sport, there are no Pacific Island teams in the latest top 10 World Rugby Rankings list. Fiji, who were on 10th spot previously, have now been replaced by Italy, who climbed from 11th spot following last weekend's round of Six Nations matches. New Zealand are ranked a third with Australia at number nine. South Africa remains the world number one. Former Crusaders flanker Sione Dalitui will captain Moana Pacifica and his season debut for the team against the Fiji Indroa in Melbourne this Saturday. Coach Tana Umanga has lauded the 26-year-old Tongan international who first entered the Super Rugby season for the Blues in 2018. Umanga confirmed the team has been hit hard by injuries and illness with 13 players unavailable for the second round. That's your latest RNZ Pacific news and sport. For more stories, go to rnzi.com.